Welcome to the Healthy Mind Fit Body Podcast. This is episode number 15, and this is Kevin. I'm going to be flying solo today as uh, Wes and I are in two different parts of the great state of California. And uh, Wes also has a cold, so we decided not to try to get on Skype and do all that. So uh, we've got an interesting show for you, or I've got an interesting show for you today. I just drove up uh, about 500 miles here from San Diego to the San Francisco Bay Area just for the Christmas holiday. And I actually had a little (laughs) trouble getting some good nutrition on the way up, and I, I wrote a blog post on that. So you can check that out. I titled it Fast Food Nation. On the last podcast, we interviewed Amy Dungan, and uh, we got a lot of good information on low-carb eating, as well as uh, eating healthy around the holidays and eating healthy around family and things like that. And that prompted a comment on the HealthyMindFitBody.com blog, and I'm going to read that comment because I thought it was a really good one, and I can definitely relate to it. I'm sure a lot of other people that are listening can also relate. So I'm going to read the comment and then Wes actually provided a really good answer to this person's questions. So this comes from Angie and it was dated Wednesday, December 23rd. So if you want to look that up, just go to the blog and uh, check out the last podcast. So it's podcast number 14 and look at the comments. So she says, first of all, I love your podcast. I wanted to leave a comment about a challenge I faced at work with good nutrition. You talked briefly in one of your podcasts about this topic, negative comments that people make to you about being fit. I am a nurse, so I work with several women. I live in Huntington, West Virginia, which was just recently named the most unhealthy city in the country, and I believe it is. Most of the women I work with are overweight or obese. There are only a few of us who are in a normal weight range on my unit. My problem is these women make comments to me very often concerning my diet. They also sabotage my healthy diet. I constantly hear, oh, Angie's eating healthy. She's being good today. Or I hear, come on, eat this junk or fast food with us. You're skinny, so you can eat what you want. Or it must be nice being thin. These women go as far as bringing the food right up to me, even though I have said I'll pass. Several times, one of the girls I eat with has bought a dessert for herself and tells me, I bought this for us to share. The other evening, I didn't want to order out with them, and they ended up ordering it for me anyway and paying for it. I had made it clear I didn't want to eat because I had decided on a salad from the cafeteria. Two of the ladies were joking with me the other day and saying, we just need to hold you down and shove food down your throat. The other one laughed and said, wouldn't you like to hold her down and fatten her up? I don't talk about my exercise routine or diet with them because it only leads to negative comments from them in the past but now they don't even let me eat healthy in peace without negative comments. When they do make comments about how it must be nice to be skinny, I get tired of hearing it, and I do remind them that exercise at least four days a week and being healthy is a choice anyone can make. What is your advice for this situation? I feel as though misery loves company, and they want me to join them. But I have been overweight in the past. I worked hard to lose 35 pounds about three years ago, And since working on this unit, I have gained about 10 of it back before I realized it. Now I am working hard to get back to the weight I was, and I dread eating with those women at work. I love them dearly, but I'm tired of them joking with me about this all the time. The sad thing is, anywhere I go, this area has a high percentage of obesity, so it's the same negative comments in every social situation I am in. Since I have found your podcast, I have been reminded that I am not an outcast in society, And it is not the norm to be obese and eat junk food all the time. 
Thank you so much for all of your great information and encouragement. Well, you're welcome. <laughs> uh, yeah, that was a great comment. I think that encapsulated a lot of the issues that um, many people face. And it's not just eating. Uh, I think that applies to a lot of societies in general that when someone starts to do something good for themselves, the people that they're hanging around or that they're surrounded by will often try to kind of keep them down or drag them down to their level because um, they don't want to see someone else get ahead. So it's pretty common, and I notice a lot in the realm of finances and uh, career. So it's probably less common in the U.S., although I think it's pretty prevalent here as well, uh, that there's this idea that uh, nobody should be rich, nobody should be wealthy, and no one should be successful above the crowd. And you, know, you just want to keep everybody down with the rest of the crowd, and everybody should be equal. That's what happens in many societies. And I spent some time in Australia last year, and it was a lot even more so like that there. There's a big pub culture in Australia, and um, you know everybody goes out and drinks beer, and it's a lot of, like, uh, let's just all kind of stay at the same level. And they call it there the, the tall poppy syndrome. So if somebody starts to, you know, be a little too successful, then you just chop them down. So, uh, yeah, and it definitely applies to weight loss and being healthy in this country. And I've experienced it. I've talked about that on podcasts in the past where it's not as much that people are joking. It's like they really want to take a dig at you for doing something that is going to help you out. So anyway, I will read uh, Wes's comment, which is great. I think everyone can get a lot out of this. So Wes says, Hi Angie, glad you're enjoying the show. Thanks so much for taking the time to write and explain your situation. Sounds really frustrating. I've noticed that there's an ironic tendency for those who work in healthcare to neglect their own health. And I've always wondered what the designer of those scrubs was thinking. One can indeed hide a lot under that bagginess. It's obvious that your coworkers are projecting their own unresolved issues onto you by conveying that you are the abnormal one, needing to be fixed or even force-fed. That really speaks volumes about their unresolved issues. So, if you talk about your way of eating and exercising, they respond in a negative fashion. Hmm. Yet, it seems that regardless of whether or not you talk about that, they still want you to do what they are doing, eating unhealthily and treating their bodies like crap. There seems to be intense psychological pressure to make you feel like an outcast, like you're doing something wrong that offends them. Clearly, they know that their habits are unhealthy, and your way of life basically stands as an affront to them. So, they are seeking a way to get you to change in order to minimize their own self-conflict or cognitive dissonance. I'm a big fan of self-assertiveness. It's one of the six pillars of self-esteem, and that's mentioned in Nathaniel Brandon's book with that title. So whenever someone criticizes me about doing something they don't like, I really try to explore the nature of that criticism. I commend you for sticking to what you know is best in the face of your close crowd of opposition. Being independent takes courage. Given this, you might address explicitly the psychology of being independent and emotionally understanding whenever they bring up the eating or you're so skinny topic. For instance, you could say, I understand that you feel distressed or anxious over my own good health. But I want you to know that while it doesn't come easy at first, I wouldn't trade it for my old ways of doing things. And personally, because I value all of you, or whomever you're addressing, I think you would find it equally beneficial and satisfying. What drawbacks do you see in it? Or, I'm really interested to know why you don't seek to treat your own body like a temple, since I know you wouldn't want your patients to do unhealthy things to themselves. How do you feel about the fact that you also deserve to be in great shape and be healthy? Do you feel like you don't deserve this? Or, 
I know it must be tough to see me being concerned about what to eat and what not to eat and exercise, but I believe that you too can join the skinny club. How do you feel about that? Or, I can tell that what I'm doing, even though it's healthy, somewhat bothers you. Why do you suppose that is? Surely, you're not against being healthy or living optimally. There is no need to settle for anything less, after all. Now, this kind of makes me wonder why I haven't been letting you know how I feel about what isn't good for you, especially since I care about you. All these statements will probably provoke some very interesting interactions. In my experience, when I've asserted myself in this direct way on other issues as well, the other person has tempered their tone and become respectful, maybe even inquisitive. The point is to make them consciously aware of their motivations, even though they are aware of them implicitly. Otherwise, they wouldn't be doing it. I think a lot of obese people take poor self-image issues as the given, and they spend their lives eating in accordance with that. So the bad eating stems from a fundamental conflict they have within themselves. Fortunately, these conflicts can be overcome. A person just needs the motivation to change, which entails understanding that change is in the realm of possibility. Knowledge is power, and it's probably the case that many of your coworkers don't grasp the role that carbohydrates and insulin play in their high body fat levels. They probably don't realize that by changing what they eat, they can achieve their perfect weight. Exercise is just an added bonus to one's health. Of course, they may still resist coming to terms with their issues, seeing various psychological payoffs for staying overweight. But making things explicit can only help matters. Best wishes, and feel free to report back, Wes. And like we talked about in the last podcast, it just goes back to the uh, talking about eating diet and health is it's akin to talking about religion and politics in mixed groups. It really is. But the difference is, while with religion and politics, you can avoid those topics by simply just not talking about them. With nutrition, it just it comes up all the time, especially with coworkers and people that you're with a lot because you're always going to have to eat. So it's really, it's pretty much impossible to avoid the topic and it does become inflammatory. And I think a lot of people deal with that, deal with their emotions by, you know, kind of dishing it out and just trying to make a joke out of it. But it obviously doesn't come across that way in the way Angie was feeling in this. And I think that can apply to a lot of people as well. So it goes back to also individuating and, you know, having the self-esteem to be yourself and to have your own opinions and not not be affected by all these people around you that may want to bring you down. And also, uh, the last thing that I was thinking is, it's a comment on um, you know, who you surround yourself with. Do you want to be successful in your life? Uh, what are your goals? If you want to be healthy, the best thing is to be around people that are also wanting to be healthy. And that will bring you up. Um, you know, I like to spend time in groups where people are interested in self-improvement and that helps me a lot because once I get around people that are, you know, kind of negative and don't really care that much about improving their lives or don't care about being healthy, things like that, then I start to kind of drift back to bad habits. So it really matters. And one of the things that I've read is that if you want to be wealthy, you surround yourself with people that make a lot more money than you. If you want to be poor, you surround yourself with people that are broke. So, you know, it really rubs off. So if you have any comments yourself and you want to discuss something within the realm of nutrition, fitness, exercise, health, uh, we'd love to hear your comments. So go ahead and check out the blog, healthymindfitbody.com, and just go to the blog and add a comment or the podcast, add a comment below. We can't guarantee that we'll read it on the podcast, but we'll definitely get back to you with some good info.
I think that about wraps it up for today. Short show. Today is actually Christmas Eve, and so the big day is tomorrow. We'll be uh, back in action next week. Wes and I will have a show for you next week. But if you like this show, uh, please go to iTunes and give us a rating and a comment. That would help a lot. Also, we're offering a free audio, and that is available also on our website. And it's the three pillars for achieving your perfect weight through the mind-body connection. So you can download that for free on the site. Just give us your email and name, and you'll get that immediately. So I hope you're having a great holiday. Thanks for listening, and we'll talk to you next week. Well, not so fast there, Kev. Just because I'm sick doesn't mean I can't contribute to a show, right? (laughs) Yeah, we were at different places and were unable to record together. So I thought I'd just drop in at the end of this show to let you know that I am indeed sick. I think I could probably uh, pass for that singer in the Oak Ridge Boys, you know, the, the Elvira song. Giddy up, um, bop, um, bop, mow, mow. Anyway, I have lots of chest congestion and um, sinuses congested too. So some sort of flu hit me earlier in the week and I thought I would be rid of it by now. But typically when I get sick, it stays with me for a few weeks. So I just wanted to recap what Kevin read about Angie's comment and my comment in response. She actually wrote me back in an email that I thought was really great uh, and instructive of what we've been talking about. She wrote, Hi Wes, thank you so much for reading my very long comment. You have shared a lot of useful advice. I have realized that I do need to be assertive with these ladies and continue to stand up for what I need and want for myself, to eat healthy and be fit. Just today, one of the ladies at work began talking about her weight gain. I took the opportunity to tell her if she cuts out all the sweets and carbs I see her eating, she would lose weight without some crazy starvation diet. I think she actually took interest in what I was saying. Like you said, I think they just need more education on the right way to eat. I'm hoping if maybe I speak up more often about the rewards of why I eat healthy, then it might be contagious, and we can convince our doctors to stop having donut day every Tuesday for a start. Well, imagine that. Doctors having donut day. As you probably heard in past podcasts, Kevin and I have a special fascination with donuts, (laughs) even though we never eat them. And that's probably why, as Kevin mentioned, they are one of the worst foods, of course, although very tasty when you're eating them. So she ended with, again, I appreciate your encouragement because I really needed to be reminded that I'm not the outcast health nut but just a person who actually wants to eat the right foods and live a healthy life. Happy holidays. Sincerely, Angie. Well, that's great. I think that's the attitude that we need to take in regards to people that are in our social circles that are negative towards us or lashing out with their own projections and telling us that what we're doing is somehow wrong or we need to do it like they're doing it in spite of the evidence, right? when they are overtly unhealthy, when they are obese, for instance, that's a case of not treating your body in a respectful way and ultimately your emotions in a respectful way. So the more we can be assertive and build those bridges to where they are coming from emotionally and try to understand and show empathy for their situation, which results in you know projecting their unresolved issues onto us and revealing their self-conflicts, the more we can connect with them and say, you know, you deserve the best too. And here's the information that I have that has helped me. And it should be a win-win situation. 
rather than feeling like you're an outcast. And of course, you have to acknowledge those feelings because they are good indicators of what is going on and how to deal with it. And I think self-assertiveness is definitely key in these matters, especially in a situation like a workplace where you don't really have the choice of who you work with, who you're surrounded by. And so in those situations, and in family situations even, it's important to assert what you're feeling, what your knowledge is, and to empathize with the other person, regardless of whether they're argumentative or combative, because that's just indicative of their own fears and anxieties. And that's why they project it onto the other person to try to get rid of it. You know, they don't want to admit that they have these issues. But the first step to recovery is, of course, accepting where you are. So then you can get to where you want to be. So anyway, that's my two cents on this one. Thanks again, Angie, for those great comments. And we encourage any of you that are struggling with these issues to comment also especially during these times of the holidays when I'm sure everyone is surrounded by people who are not working on the healthy mind, fit body aspect of their lives. So thanks for listening, everyone, and we'll talk to you next week. It's all-